Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on March 12th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to help sustain the ministries here at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Siggy Helgeson with the Gospel reading. The reading for today will be done reader theater style. Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was making more disciples and baptizing more than John, although Jesus' disciples were baptizing, not Jesus himself. Therefore, he left Judea and went back to Galilee. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy some food. The Samaritan woman asked, Why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. Sir, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water I will give will never be thirsty again. The water I will give it will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up life eternal. Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Go get your husband and come back here. I don't have a husband. You are right to say I don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and the man you're with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Believe me, woman, the time is coming when You and your people will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we know because salvation comes from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The Father looks for those who worship him this way. God is spirit and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us. I am the one who speaks with you. Just then, Jesus' disciples arrived. 
and were shocked that he was talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city and said to the people, Come and see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. In the meantime, the disciples spoke to Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat. I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples asked each other, Has someone brought him food? I am fed by doing the will of the one who sent me and by completing his work. Don't you have a saying, four more months and it is time for the harvest? Look, I tell you, open your eyes and notice that the fields are already ripe for the harvest. Those who harvest are receiving their pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that those who sow and those who harvest can celebrate together. This is a true saying that one who sows and another harvests. I have sent you to harvest what you didn't work hard for. Others worked hard and you will share in their hard work. Many Samaritans in the city believed in Jesus because of the woman's word when she testified, he told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word and they said to the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. On this rather chilly day here in Washington, I'm less likely to think about my need to stay hydrated which was unlike my experience on a much hotter day in Mexico in June, where a group of us from St. Mark's went to build houses in 2019. I remember it being quite hot, and thankfully, the leaders of our group made sure that we were reminded often during the day to drink water. In fact, each of us was given a task to support the group and one of those tasks was to remind co-builders to take a hydration break. And those folks were named hydration heroes, armed with a water bottle and a cape. These heroes helped us stay hydrated throughout the day. On one of those days, after spending an hour or so working on a very hot roof, I'd become quite thirsty. So when it came time for us to take a break, I was extremely grateful to be told that I need to stop and take in some liquid. On in this particular day, I remember we received an invitation from a couple of the women whom we were building homes for, along with their children, to come into the shade of their shelter. And they invited us in for a cold drink and some really good lunch. That experience felt like I was being quenched by something more than just having my thirst quenched, but also by their warm hospitality and the cool shelter. 
that experience felt like taking a deep gulp from a well of life-giving water. Our scripture today points out the many ways that we can become thirsty. Physical thirst, like the people of Israel, parched in the wilderness, and also spiritual thirst, like the woman who came to the well, who meets Jesus, who is parched and is outcast in her own wilderness. Often I don't think about my own need to hydrate, although I try to drink a lot of water. I need to still be reminded. Perhaps I take clean water to drink for granted. It's so accessible. Consider for many people in the world, clean water is much harder to find. Roughly one in three people worldwide have no access to it. Many of these people are women who end up walking long distances to find drinkable water and then carry that water all the way back to their families. This chore was one that the Samaritan woman probably made on a daily basis. It was a very different type of water, though on this particular day, that she was about to find. John sets the scene in the first few verses, saying that Jesus was on his way back to Galilee from Judea and he had to go through Samaria. Well, actually, if you look at a map, he didn't have to go through Samaria. And as he was a Jew, most Jewish travelers would avoid Samaria altogether because of the animosity between the two nations. Yet, it says, Jesus had to go to Samaria. Perhaps because, as Caroline Lewis puts it in her commentary, he had a theological need to do so, to meet this woman. Also, that place, the meeting at Jacob's well, had significance because meeting at that well would have been a reminder to the readers that their ancestors had lived there once, and some even had met their wives at that well. And then there was the time of day, another important detail, as it is noon. It would have been a very hot time of day, setting the scene where there would have been very few women who would have come to draw water, if any. Notice also how this story contrasts almost opposite from the story of Nicodemus' encounter with Jesus last week. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a well-respected leader, who comes at night under the cover of darkness, while the Samaritan woman meets Jesus during the light of day and is perhaps the last person that you would expect Jesus to talk with. Ah, But that is so Jesus, always crossing over the line, going into the wrong place, associating with the wrong type of people to demonstrate that God truly does love the whole world. Although it would seem natural for this thirsty Jewish man to ask for a drink of water, except for this record scratch, she is a Samaritan and a woman, 
and she knows that this is taboo, and so she calls him on it. She says, what are you doing asking me for a drink? Jews and Samaritans just don't associate with each other, and we certainly don't share our water jars. But Jesus persists, and he engages her in conversation, offering her, of all things, living water. She is intrigued. How can he offer her living water? He doesn't even have a bucket. But Jesus doesn't need a bucket because he claims he can offer water that will quench your thirst so that you will never be thirsty again. The woman bites at the opportunity. Give me this water so I don't have to come here and draw from this well every day. Well, it's been a pretty good conversation up to this point. And then Jesus takes a turn. He gets personal. You know, if you've ever had one of those conversations when someone goes just a little too far with the questions, goes to a place you just don't care to go? Well, Jesus asks her to call her husband. And she answers truthfully, I don't have a husband. Jesus then goes on to expose her deep pain. She's had five husbands, and the one she's now with is not her husband. That is the truth. Now let's pause here and say much that has been made of this comment by Jesus who makes the, and makes the woman out to be like a real doozy of a sinner. But really, what has she done? In the ancient world, women had no rights. They didn't choose who to marry. They could not divorce, and in fact, they were treated more like property. Not unlike many of our sisters around the world who are denied basic rights, who are made to work and not allowed to go to school, and in some cases are married off at a young age to pay back a family debt. No, Jesus doesn't condemn her here. Notice there's not a single ounce of judgment by Jesus. Rather, Jesus sees her. He knows that she's had much pain in her life. He exposes a thirst that goes beyond a drink of water. Now you would think that she might pull back and just end the conversation and leave right there. But instead, she leans in. There is in our covenants of presence, which we use here at St. Mark's, and Pastor Jan referred to last week in a sermon about Nicodemus. And that one of the covenants of presence that I think would fit for this woman is to suspend judgment and turn to wonder. While she still may be skeptical about this thirsty man's intentions, she begins to turn to wonder about who he, who he is. It is at this point when Jesus truly sees her, the truth of her life, that she starts to see him for who he is. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. And then she invites him into a long-fought theological debate, where to worship. You Jews say one place and we Samaritans say another. And I have to admire this woman for her theological chops. But rather than enter that debate, Jesus says, where you worship doesn't matter. But how you worship, that's what God cares about. If the worship worshiper comes in spirit 
and in truth. She then turns to wonder about him. Could he be the Messiah? And it is then that Jesus reveals who he is, his identity. I am, I am the one, I am he. This changes everything. The woman who came to the well to draw water that day did not expect to receive living water and meet the Messiah. The story ends with a woman who may have been an outcast in her community, now goes back to them and shares with them about her encounter. Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. Come and see for yourself. Could he be the Messiah? Well, John mentions this one important detail. In her haste, she leaves behind her water jar. And you wonder, is it because she was in such a hurry to go back to her community? Was she scared off by the disciples? Or does it symbolize something else? Is it a symbol of leaving behind what no longer is needed? Because she's received living water. Perhaps leaving behind shame or years of pain. Her thirst for someone to see her, to love her, to show some kindness and grace. This is the living water that has now quenched her spiritual thirst. Well, it's a great story and one that can leave us wondering about our own needs to hydrate, to notice our own thirst. So let's take a pause to ponder what are you thirsty for in your life? Where do you find living water to quench your soul's thirst? Is there a desire to be seen for who you are, to be loved, to receive grace, acceptance, a community to belong? And what are you carrying that you might let go of and leave behind? Is there pain, regrets, guilt, shame that you have been carrying? We had our staff devotionals a couple weeks ago and we were invited to consider our own baptism and the waters they have the power to heal, the waters of baptism that make us new, in the waters of baptism where we are forgiven and we are reminded we are children of God holy and beloved. So I invite you today to come to the baptismal well, receive the living water that Jesus offers, and then go back home to the ones who are in your sphere of influence, to those who have been seen as other, who are desperately thirsty, those who need to hear the good news and receive living water to quench their thirst. May we, like the Samaritan woman, be a vessel of living water that spills over to water a parched land. Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Today, Jesus offers all who come to this well of grace to receive this living water 
and never be thirsty again. And for that we say, thanks be to God.